Hello, hello, and welcome back to the Plant Powered People podcast with your hosts, Michelle Kane and Tony Okamoto. Today, we are talking all about something a little bit different. We're not going to be talking about food like we usually talk about. We're going to be talking about creating a conscious home, this place where we spend the majority of our life or a big portion of our life, how to make it a space that is reflective of our values, our ethics, that is a place that is compassionate and cruelty-free and free from, from just products and that cause harm to our planet and cause harm to other creatures. So for those who are interested in kind of expanding plant-based living to the next level, to another realm in life, we hope you'll be really excited by this episode. But before we dig deeper into that, we wanted to make sure that you have a chance to connect with us. Instagram is the best place. We are both super active and we'll see your messages there. Uh, We'll see your comments and... (laughs) (laughs) Michelle is making a face at me. I don't see all of the messages and all of the comments, but but I do read as many as I can. (laughs) So you can find her at vegan on Instagram. So it's just vegan on Instagram. Yeah. And I'm at plant based on a budget. You can also find Michelle on YouTube making regular videos. Yep. YouTube.com slash world of vegan. And you can find Tony posting tons of recipes all the time at plantbasedonabudget.com. You can also support this podcast on Patreon at patreon.com slash people. Patreon is a way for people to show support to resources that they love and value. And you can just support us $2 a month, $5 a month, $10, whatever you can afford. And it really helps us make a high quality resource for everyone. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you to all of those who have already supported us on Patreon. It really means the world to us. And without further ado, let's jump into creating a conscious home. So Tony has had some new life updates. She just moved into a home and my husband and I moved into our, my husband and I and our dog and originally our bunny also had just moved into a home two years ago. And so creating a a space that's reflective of our values is something we've both been um, living and breathing a lot lately and have found some things have been easy and other things have been struggles. And we've, we've encountered some topics or products that we didn't even expect or know that we had to think deep, more deeply about. <laughs> Some of those products include wool and leather and down, and they're in places you would not expect. Michelle and I have been longtime conscious living people for over a decade, like vegan and, and also just caring about what goes into our homes. And it's still surprising to us. And sometimes we miss things and have to live with our decisions. Yeah. So just before we jump into our own personal journeys and all of our tips for how to create a home that we love and that loves us back, we just wanted to talk a little bit about the different things to look out for. So the obvious ones are fur and leather, which you can pretty easily spot when products are made with that. So it's pretty easy to avoid. But I know that something I didn't think about until well after I had become vegan food-wise were down and wool. So Wool is a big one because it seems super, super innocent. It's like giving a sheep a haircut. (laughs) So how could it possibly be bad? The animal needs that. But it's actually an industry that is incredibly harmful to the animals. There's uh, most of the wool comes from Australia and they have this practice called mulesing that is pretty much industry standards. And because sheep have big, are bred now to have big woolly butts, (laughs) 
<laughs> with lots of folds in their skin to create even more wool. Lots of flies and different larvae and stuff can get caught in there. And so the industry's solution is to actually take big, like giant scissors basically and cut off the skin on the sheep's rear. And it is incredibly painful. It's often done without anesthetic. It leaves a big open wound on their behind. And they also tail dock. Tail docking. Which means cutting off their tails often without painkillers. Extremely barbaric practices. If you've never heard of it before and you've never thought of a reason to avoid wool, I highly recommend you just Google mulesing and get just a peek inside that world before supporting it any longer with your dollars when you buy products for your home. So that is uh, wool in a nutshell. I have a whole article for you guys that kind of outlines it, but not in a gory way. It'll be easy to read at World of Vegan. So just search wool there and you can find that article. And down is also one that I didn't consider for a very long time until I got deeper into learning about different industries that rely on animals and their bodies. And it's really just ripping out their feathers. And that seems so painful. I've seen photos of it and it's really unpleasant. And it's something that I don't want to support. Yeah. You think of down feathers or you think of a feather pillow and like you think, oh, birds molt, bullet birds lose their feathers and you can just collect those up and put them in a pillow. And it seems innocent enough, but really in these industries, workers are grabbing these birds and just pulling out fistfuls. It, it would be like yanking out your hair when it's not ready to come out. It is incredibly barbaric. It is obvious that the animals are in extreme pain and torment. And it's just a, a really, really heartbreaking industry when you look into it. So down with down. <laughs> yes, I know that that was a lot. Uh, so thanks for listening us yep. listening to us explain that. And, and now we want to focus on the more fun parts of putting your home together and making sure that the things that you buy are aligned with your values and take it more upbeat. Yeah. So how has your experience been so far? Well, my husband really, really wanted to include and incorporate mostly used furniture, which has been kind of an inconvenience for me because we don't have a truck. We don't have a truck, which means like bed frames and bookshelves and things like that are a little bit more difficult. But some things that we have been able to to buy are we got a free desk. We actually told some people that we wanted some free stuff and my dad had a desk. So that was a way for us to save money. I had created this budget and that enabled me to invest elsewhere because we got this free desk and uh, we got a chair from Goodwill. It needs to be cleaned, but my parents have a steam cleaner and it's in really good shape. So far, we actually have an empty house still, but we do have two pieces of furniture <laughs> and they are used. And then I guess I should talk about why we want used. Buying, yeah. buying used is a is a way that you're not creating more waste. You're not contributing to deforestation and the transportation of getting the whatever you're buying to you. So it just cuts down on the environmental impact and you still get really awesome quality stuff that someone else had to put together already. I know that buying new things also includes your time. Uh, there are things that are from good quality places where you still have to assemble the furniture and it takes like an hour for that's, just that's a like side the table. thing. Yeah. As I was looking for used shelves so that I wouldn't have to buy them new and I just was 
trying to do basically what you guys are trying to do is buy as much used as I can. And in the little blurb, I, I was looking on Craigslist and Facebook Marketplace for people that had shelves and they were like, these are Ikea shelves. And it wasn't even discount. They were old shelves. And it was just like maybe 10 or $20 less than the new ones would be. But they were already assembled and you don't have to go through like (laughs) the maddening process of trying to assemble Ikea furniture. So while we're on the topic of buying used, which is a way that we recommend you, you go if you can, we have created a little list that will include of easy things or include in the show notes of easy things that you can put into your car. I don't have a truck, but we do have a hatchback car so we can lay the seat down and that makes it a lot easier. But it can be inconvenient to find a friend with a truck and then move it. I know my husband and I borrowed a friend's truck so that we could have a garage refrigerator. And then he and I, and I'm I'm pretty small, he and I lifted this big giant (laughs) refrigerator into this big bed of a truck. And my poor back was so tired. And then, oh my gosh, I was like sweating bullets when we were on the freeway with this refrigerator questionably strapped. Uh, <laughs> and so anyway, I understand why why people have hesitation. So we wanted to give you some easy things to buy and put into your car. You can find them at thrift stores. And Michelle mentioned some really great resources that she'll elaborate on in a minute. But can you tell people what Yeah, so so some good examples are chairs, desks, shelves, tables, lamps, mirrors, tools, and like think of tools for in the house, but also for outside the house. So if you need a lawnmower or a leaf blower, a leaf cutter, actually on the note of tools, a lot of local libraries actually have lend out programs where you can, um, yeah, you can check out like leaf blower and things like that, that you don't need that often, but that come in handy. So definitely check that out. It's a great way to save money and cut down on your waste. Dish sets and glasses, mugs, all of that. Baskets are so expensive to buy new in the store and super, super affordable to buy at secondhand shops more to get used. And then decor and art. You can find such great creative decor and art for your home. Or even frames. Yes. Uh, so if maybe you found a person on Etsy who's creating you an image for your house or a painting or a a screen print, you can frame that with a used frame. That's what I did at my wedding. I bought an ugly frame and I painted it. And it was only, I think like $5 for what would have been a $50, $60 huge frame. Or $200 or $300. Like frames get so expensive. And when you're moving into a space and you have blank walls, you're going to feel what most of us feel is like, I just want to get something up there. I don't have time to to like wait for the frame, but like wait, find yourself a used frame and you're going to save yourself so much money. And it ends up being more special too, because you have like the story of where it came from and you know, it's doing something good for the planet. So yeah, that's a really, really great tip. So yeah, we'll put a little bit more of a comprehensive list over at the show notes at plantpoweredpodcast.com. And some other places that you can shop are Facebook Marketplace, that is, I actually haven't purchased anything, but I have helped a friend sell her, when she was moving, she put up a bunch of stuff and she sold her furniture through Facebook Marketplace, but you've purchased, how is that? I have, it's so easy. It's actually, I had previously pretty much exclusively used Craigslist, which I still use, but um, someone turned me on to Facebook Marketplace and I've been sort of addicted lately. Do you sell or do you I've buy done only? Mm-hmm. It's really easy to list anything on there. It's really easy to just search. They have, if you go to, 
there's just a whole marketplace section. So you can look, search for anything you're looking for and there's pictures and everything. Do you feel weird because then these people can see your Facebook profile? That's a little bit of a, like I use an anonymous email for my email. I have a special house email that I use for Craigslist. And when I sign up for things online and that way people can't really associate it to me. But if I were selling things on Facebook, can't they see your whole profile? Is that weird? Depends if you have a public or private profile, I believe. And if you're worried about security, then definitely go the Craigslist route or another route. But there's like the little measure of if they can see you, you can see them too. So you're also getting to see who's showing up at your house and who's going to be buying these things. And so there's, I feel a little bit more of a level of trust actually with the Facebook. I have a little chat with the people before I know who's coming and when and stuff. So it's comfortable for me, but everyone has their own level of comfort though. So that's something to consider for sure. Shout out to my new cousin, Marissa Furman, for introducing me to OfferUp. OfferUp is also like Craigslist, where you can list things and buy them or sell them. And I love it so far. We've gotten a few things from there as well. That's awesome. And then, of course, there are all of your local thrift stores and Goodwills. And Tony, you've worked with Goodwill before, right? Yep. I used to do social media for our local Goodwill. Mm -hmm. So those are awesome resources as well. And if you look in your local area, I'm sure you can find some really cool shops that have much more special items than you could find in a store. Okay. So my biggest struggle so far after the inconvenience part of like arranging the (laughs) truck and the time to meet is finding things to invest in. What do I want to spend my money on? I decided I wanted to spend my money on a sofa, a dining room table, and dishes. That's so far what I've decided. I really want good quality because that's where we'll spend our time. I entertain a lot, so I wanted durable dishes. I actually got the same dishes Michelle has. They are at Crate and Barrel, and I love them. They're super plain and I can take beautiful photos and put them on Instagram and people will be like, oh, I want to make that. So that was important to me to to share my food in a way that is attractive. And actually a note on that, I think leaning towards more plain and simple things for your dishware and stuff like that is really beneficial for the long term. If you get very ornate or specific dish sets and some break, then you're left with half a dish set and you have to go buy a whole new one. And then there's just going to be these... It just is not as practical. So getting very simple white ones. And if you get them from a store where they're going to be carrying them for a long time, you know, you can always just replace what breaks, which is really handy. And my mother-in-law actually helped me decide. She was saying that it's important to get open stock. So in case something breaks, you can buy one or two mm-hmm. on their own and not have to buy a whole service of 12 or or whatever. So that was, that was something I wanted to invest in. And then our dining room table, which was also from Crate and Barrel, it's made of reclaimed wood, which I thought was really cool. It's wood that was once something else. And you can see that it has blemishes and old nails in it and has been made into something really beautiful that is going to be high quality and last me for a really long time. It's a solid piece of wood that won't get shaky. That's not going to be uneven and it seats 12 people. I, as you know, as all of the listeners, longtime listeners know, I love to share food. It's the way I communicate my love. It's the way I introduce people to delicious plant-based eating and I wanted to give them a good experience in our home. So I I have invested in that. And then also the sofa. And the sofa is where we get into a little bit of trouble. 
I have been looking for a sofa for a month and a half, nearly two months, and have had a very difficult time finding one that does not include down. This blew my mind. Tony Uh, like messaged me the other day being like, Michelle, where did you get your couch from? I cannot find a couch without down mixed into it. And I was like, what? I mean, I know there's down in pillows and down in blankets and all sorts of other things, but I had never considered when I was looking for couches, I never even thought of that. And yeah, that just, that blew my mind. (laughs) Well, I figured out my dad. Okay. So hi, dad. He and I went to his favorite furniture stores that I was like, those are not, I'm not going to find anything there because they're, they're furniture for parents and I'm not a parent. So uh, anyway, I went there and I actually found, we went to this place called Beck's Furniture. Is that, is that local? Is that everywhere? Okay. Anyway, we went there and I actually found a sofa that I liked and I sat in it and it was so cozy and it met my husband's needs, which are, he wanted something really comfortable where he can lay and do his work. And I want something that's visually appealing. So it it met both of our needs and I realized it was kind of crunchy and I was like, that's a weird, it kind of sounds like down. And so I was looking everywhere. My dad and I took this whole sofa apart looking for a tag. <laughs> it was so funny that I, I imagine the sales floor people were like, what are they doing taking this sofa apart? But then it said 100% waterfowl feathers. And I was shocked because it was only, I think the sofa was a huge sofa for only $1,200, which is kind of on the cheaper end for a sofa of the size that we're looking for. And I was shocked. So then I went home and I was like, you know what, maybe I'll I'll just invest in a custom-made sofa because we have a little bit more money in our budget from getting all this used stuff. Well, I went on Crate and Barrel. I went on Restoration Hardware. I went to West Elm. I went on all of the websites and all of them had a mix of down blends. So maybe it's not all down, but it was partially down and that I did not want either. So I finally went on to Wayfair and found a cheaper sofa and I have not yet sat in it. I get it in two weeks and I'll let you all know how that goes. I looked into where I got my couch because I was like so curious. I was like, oh my God, did I buy a couch that was filled with down? And they had like a down upsell. Like they, I don't know, we haven't gotten an official answer on this yet, but it appeared that they use synthetic fibers inside and they had like a down upsell that you could wrap around the pillows or something like that. But yeah, I was just, I had never considered that before in my life. I'd like to jump back a little bit about used furniture too, because when I buy used, and I'm only going to speak for myself, I don't, I've not talked to Michelle about this before. When I personally buy used things, I don't care as much because I'm not contributing to the original harm. I didn't support the industry, which created the harm. And so I feel, okay, I would buy any sofa. I wouldn't ask the person at the thrift store to help me identify the fabric or the, or the stuffing or anything. I would just I would take my $50 sofa home. So (laughs) I think that that's another reason why used may be an easier option. Yeah. And then also something on buying new, similar to with clothing and fashion. um, You guys have probably all heard of fast fashion. It can be kind of similar with furniture. So when you're buying really inexpensive furniture that's not very well made new, much of that won't have a very long lifespan. And so when you're done with it, maybe it'll go to one other person who's willing to have a janky, beaten up, 
drawer that doesn't close <laughs> desk. I'm only saying that because I literally just sold a desk on Craigslist <laughs> this morning and I had to write in it like the door, the drawer doesn't close, but we totally got it from Ikea. And yeah, it was probably $150 new 10 years, 10 plus years ago. So it lasted us, but and I just sold it for $15. That's awesome. So they're getting a steal, but also it, that desk probably won't make it beyond the next owner before it, ha- it just the quality has degraded so much that it's kind of junk. But then the other thing to think about is when you're thinking of the life cycle of the products that you bring into your home, it's been crazy looking at people selling things and people who buy nice or higher quality, higher end things new when they're selling it, they're selling it at a really high price also. So if someone's going to buy a used Ikea furniture, the price will drop from $150 new for a desk to $15 used. But if you get like a really nice, like Tony's dining room table, if she were to go to sell that in five years, she could sell that for a good portion of what she bought it for because people are like wanting to invest in better things and it will have held up over time. So thinking about the the overall life cycle of the things we bring into our home, I think is another really great thing that we can do. Just be conscious of. I chose not to do area rugs, but Michelle <laughs> Michelle has. And so oh, I want her to rugs. talk a little bit about rugs. <laughs> rugs were actually surprisingly one, one of the most frustrating things for the home. So many rugs are made with wool. That's the common ingredient that is in rugs. And I very much knew after seeing the wool industry, I want no part of that. So from the get-go, I was looking for rugs made without wool. And a lot of the times beautifully enough, (laughs) that meant looking for less expensive rugs. So instead of looking for rugs at places like West Elm or I don't know, other fancy rug places where a lot of those are made with wool and are extremely expensive, I looked at places like Wayfair and what's that other one that's like discounter? Overstock. Overstock and places like that are Rugs USA. And almost all their rugs are made from synthetic fibers, or they actually have like little check marks where you can check off what types of fibers you want your rugs to be made from. So it was really easy to find them. But as you're designing a room or like decorating your house, you, it can be hard to find a rug in general that looks good in the space. So when you find things and you're like, oh, that's perfect. And then you're researching to find out if there's wool in it. And then you find out there is wool in it, then it's just can be kind of a, a process, but a process that's worth it. And like with buying a house where you can have your heart set on something and have to let it go, there will always be another rug. And these days there are so, so, so many options. It's just about always looking, making sure that you look early on before you fall too much in love at what they're made of and looking for a synthetic or man-made, any of those kinds of options made from, yeah, that don't involve animals getting harmed. So that is rugs. Oh, and there's a really great rug company. It's not sponsored, but it's called Ruggable. And I just got a rug from them and it's, I really, I really love it. It's basically the concept is washable rugs. So it comes with like a mat basically, and then a rug cover that is the rug. And you can pull the rug cover off and stick the whole thing in a washing machine and wash the rug. So again, as I'm thinking about like the life cycle of things in my home, for areas that are high traffic or where we're eating and spilling, I already have invested in, different types of rugs that are like maybe have some fringe or whatever and stuff gets caught in there and it just feels impossible to clean. And like, I'm like, okay, I just don't even want this rug anymore. But this is a rug that I know is easy to vacuum over. It's easy to clean. I can stick it in the washing machine. And so it will last a long, long time. So that's really great. Great option is to look for like more modern, sustainable companies that have ways around a lot of the problems we used to face with having a home. I think those were the most difficult 
things to cover? Yeah, well, they were the most like they were the most unexpected difficulty things. But the main simple thing that you can do that's so easy is paying attention to your pillows and blankets and down in those. Mm -hmm, So, mm -hmm. So first of all, when we're talking about down, tremendous number of birds have to suffer in order just to create one down pillow. So you can prevent a lot of suffering just by avoiding buying one down pillow. So that's a really great and easy way to start. If you go to places like Bed Bath & Beyond or any of these places, almost all of them will have down and then down alternative, both pillows and blankets. So yeah, every time I've gone and looked at almost any shop, they have those two options, which makes it really clear and easy for me to just pick the down down alternative one. And they have tons of benefits. Like they're better for people with allergies. I think they're like, what's it called? Hypoallergenic or less likely to cause allergies, less likely to hold on to like dust and mites and just overall cleaner and longer lasting type of pillow. And also cheaper. And cheaper. I just bought some really nice pillows from Macy's. They were on sale, but they were $6.99. $6.99. Yeah. That's really good. The other thing that I, a mistake that I made that I wish I had not done was one time Dan and I were just like, oh, we have only terrible pillows that we've had for 10 years that are just like flat and not comfortable. So we went to Bed Bath & Beyond and felt a bunch of pillows with our hands and picked each picked one nice pillow to buy for ourselves as our main sleeping pillow. And I wasn't thinking about the environment at the time at all. I was just like, okay, there's no down. This one's cool. And so I bought one that had some sort of like plastic cooling thing in it and was like sort of Tempur-Pedic-ish and just like a whatever, like a, a, a whole system of a pillow that in the store I thought was really comfortable, but I brought it home and I was like, this is not comfortable at all. Sticking with simpler pillows and especially pillows without like plastic and all that stuff in it, unless you really have an issue that you need to solve is what I would recommend. Yeah. I actually investing in some things that I've never invested in before. So like people had given me their old pillows. My parents had given me a bunch of blankets and I've never had to really invest in this stuff before. And when we moved over from the house we were living at before we bought a home, it was entirely furnished. So Paul and I didn't have anything. We, we came with nothing to this house minus our, our clothes and some dishes. But when we moved, we don't have, we didn't have anything. And so it was my first time and I thought I was doing things the right way. And one of the things I knew I wanted to do was protect my home from bed bugs. And I put these bed bug protectors over my pillow and it was so uncomfortable. (laughs) It was, I was like, I'm being an adult. I'm protecting my pillows. I'm protecting my 699 investment. And then I was like, waking up with a neck problem in the morning because the air gets stuck mm-hmm. because it's it made your pillow, it just took all the air out and it, it made it so that it's hard to push it out. And so anyway, I agree with your yeah. statement. And if you, can, if you can ask friends who have a house or who have been longtime homeowners or whatever for what they recommend rather than just buying the things that you see on the shelves, which are marketing you in a way that might not actually be functionally appropriate for your life, um, that can be really helpful too. The other thing that I didn't, that kind of threw me were throw pillows. So if you go to somewhere like World Market Market or Home Goods or any of those like Home Ross, any of those, (laughs) any of those like quick home, home goods type places and look at throw pillows, most often since they're lower dollar stores in general, they'll be synthetic pillow fills, but sometimes they will be filled with down pillows. And that's something that I didn't think about because it wasn't a traditional pillow. Just my brain didn't go there until I would like notice as I'd hold it, I'd feel 
like crunchy feeling, the crunchy feeling, the little like stabby parts of, of the of the feathers poking out. And so that's just one more thing to be to be aware of. But okay, I think that's it. We were going to talk about products as well, like household products that are tested on animals and stuff like that. But I think we, we can have save a YouTube that. video. Yeah, uh, Michelle has it on her channel, youtube.com slash world of vegan. Just type in cruelty free. Home makeover. I think, I think yeah. it's like cruelty-free home makeover. I think that's what the video is called. And you'll get some of our favorite products. And you'll also, get to see some cute puppies. Cute puppies. And <laughs> my brother and sister. Yeah. So we'll let that be the end of this little wrap-up of creating a conscious home. But I also wanted to note before we wrap up, if you have the stuff already, don't feel like you need to go out and buy yeah. everything new. I know some people who are vegan and uh, they still have their leather sofa from their pre-vegan days and they're like, oh, I should get rid of it. But then you're just creating more waste and contributing to something you may not want to be contributing to. So think long and hard before you get rid of your stuff and try to invest in things that are going to last you a long time so that you're not contributing to more consuming consumerism. consumerism. Yeah. And on that note, as things do end their life cycle in your home, there's things that I've thought no one will want this. This is garbage your or fifteen dollar broken desk. Yeah. Well, I mean that okay. <laughs> I know someone will want that, but like things that are even more just like, who wants this chopped up wood from a tree that we cut down in our yard or whatever? There's always someone who will want it. I'm finding out as I'm just like looking through Facebook Marketplace and Craigslist, people find a use for anything. Like if you have something made from wood, they can chop it down and use the wood for other things. You can repaint it. They can put new knobs on it. Just like give it a chance and try and find it a home for someone who wants it and you'll make some cash in the meanwhile. That's my favorite. Even if it's just a little bit, we had our doors replaced uh, to fire, fire safe doors along the garage. And then we replaced a very, very hollow, thin door in one of our rooms so that it the noise didn't come through it as loudly. And we sold them on Craigslist. And I was like, who's going to want to buy these used old doors Heck yeah. that were not even in really great condition and one is hollow? <laughs> and yeah. someone bought them. And so that really helped us offset the cost of investing in new doors. And it nice. makes it so that you're not putting something in the landfill. And you're finding it a home. And even when you donate, like when I donate a bunch of house stuff to Goodwill or whatever, thrift stores, I kind of wonder in my head, like, is this definitely going to find a home? But when you put post it yourself and you find a buyer yourself, like you know someone wants this enough to pay you money for it, which is really beautiful. Okay, well, Creating Conscious Home, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. We'd love to hear from you. Again, you can find us on social media, on Instagram. You can find Tony at Plant Based on Budget. You can find me at Vegan. And you can support our podcast on Patreon. Patreon.com slash Plant Powered People. And you can find the show notes for today, which will have some cool stuff in there for you at plantpoweredpodcast.com. <laughs> All right. Thanks again, everybody. See you in the next episode. Have a beautiful day. Bye. Bye. Bye.